Welcome to the Hip Hop Minded Professional. With me, Joshua Rogers as the Master of Ceremonies. If you're interested in knowing how rapping, DJing, breaking, graffiti, and the hip hop culture can positively influence your mindset, then you are in the right place. On this podcast, I speak to various professionals with a background in hip hop and go into how this background influenced their mindset and careers. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the next episode of the Hip Hop Minded Professional. And today I'm sitting speaking with... Yeah, well, you get to introduce <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah. Duncan Van Hennigan, also known as DBH. All right, Duncan, yeah. how was your day? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> worked the, I worked this morning, so Saturday... Sun is good. Sun was shining. All right, all right. And for the for the yeah. people for the people them who no don't problem. know what you do as a as a daily day job, what is your daily day job? Um, my day job, I'm in the field of air traffic control. So I've been a air traffic controller for oof, I'm well since '97. Okay. I've been working been working in the field for 26 years plus, and uh. Yeah, been working at the airport, controlling traffic, moved up the ranks to supervisor, and right now I'm actually in charge of our training program, so manager of air traffic service training and development. Meaning I get to, yeah, I'm in charge of preparing our new controllers uh, for our facility. Okay, okay, and and how did you end up doing this? did it come from passion or need yeah it, it, it's it's um it's a job i mean it's not a job i was telling people it's not a job it's a career like air traffic control is, is something that you either like um if you don't like it then you do it for the money eventually the job will like you but a career won't like you and you will exit stage so to speak Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's a, it's really like a passion. It became a, a really passionate love of, uh, of mine controlling planes. And as I progressed in my career, I felt the urge to give back to, um, basically give back to the younger ones. So training wise and stuff like that, I really started liking or enjoying, um, training the younger controllers that were coming onto the workflow, preparing them to, to go solo. Um, and then, yeah, eventually I requested to do a, a instructor course, and uh, yeah, eventually it happened. And 2012, I became a certified classroom and on-the-job training doctor. Okay. Um, yeah, along with two other colleagues, and then uh, yeah, from there it was, hey, are we going to start our own department for training, and we're going to start preparing and training our own people? instead of outsourcing all the training to um, third parties. So yeah. we had people that, that trained in, in Curacao, people that trained in Trinidad, um, some of them trained in Canada. So it was for us, it was um, trying to become more self-sufficient yeah, yeah. as a, as a, as a um, providing a traffic control. So being able to train our own staff in-house, saving the company a lot of 
a lot of money, but also adding a lot of experience for us in uh, in the field of teaching okay. our job. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And seeing as this is a podcast around hip hop, what is your hip hop background? <laughs> hip hop background. Uh, number one, I was born, pop was born, 1973. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my first hip hop record uh, was Rapper's Delight that I heard, Rapper's Delight. Um, soon after that was uh, Grandmaster of Flash, Furious Five. And all of these records, my, my, my pops used to collect a lot of records. He had over 2,000 records. Okay. And um, yeah, from the first time I heard hip hop music, probably at an age of like five or six, I was I was hooked, and um, it became my my favorite genre of music. It's been affecting me throughout my life. Um, different moods, different music gives you different moods. You can yeah, yeah. recall you can recall a lot of memories with uh with what song was out or what yeah, song was yeah. hot. In like, which yeah, year? remember. Remember this and this summer when when Jay Z had this and that song and you know so it um yeah music in general I'm, I'm a big 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 lover of music in general hip hop being my favorite genre and uh, yeah so that led to me actually break dancing at a very young age ten years old yeah yeah in the Net- in, in the Netherlands when I was growing up and um, at that time it was what they considered a demo a demo sport demo dance type yeah. of thing because it was it was brand new in, in the netherlands um it was around in the states for a couple of years already but um it was new in the netherlands and uh, myself and one of my classmates actually used to tour um city to city with company in holland at the age of 10 to open um dance shows for for the dance company Okay. So that was yeah, that was um that was a lot of fun and of course I mean that's um one of one of our hip hop elements, yeah. B boys. <laughs> yeah. The B boy. Um so yeah, after that uh, we moved to Saint Martin where very few people knew hip what hip hop music was. A lot of people were into reggae, reggae, reggae dance. So dancehall was actually making a a come up around the same time. For those that don't know, um Hip hop and dance, all music share the same granddaddy, the music form, uh, which is ska. When ska came from ska, came reggae, came dance, or came hip hop, uh, because Jamaicans is actually who are very instrumental in yep. creating the art form of hip hop in, yep. in New York. Immigrants, you know. So, good thing Trump didn't build the wall back then. <laughs> <laughs> If we had as the they had the current immigration <laughs> policy, there would be no yeah, hip hop. We would not. There would be no hip hop. No, so no, yeah, but nobody I mean, would so, have had so an I idea mean, in the states to just start scratching some records and nah, starting a black like, party. Hey, hey, let's let's just use the bricks and have someone like say say words over it. Like, yeah, you know. But yeah, man. I mean, I've been came to Saint Martin. The group of people that was into hip hop was small, so it was easy for us to kind of form a, a circle, so to speak, um, a circle of friends that were into the same art form. Uh, so guys like I met guys like Toothpick like really early on, yeah. right, when you were living in Saint Martin. Toothpick, Ken Hook, um, Yogi, uh, Jerome, Cali, like a, a whole lot of guys that we met from early, you know. 
And um, it's more like just listening to hip hop music, still so really, like really into it, buying my hip hop magazines. Um, back in the day, I had a source and had different, uh, different magazines, which nowadays are obsolete basically because of the internet. internet and so forth. Yeah, technology, man. But um, yeah, so I had a very big interest for hip hop music in general. Started working at the airport. And then my brother, actually, Ruction, started um, getting more into hip hop versus the dance hall that he used to do. And um, yeah, he went after Hurricane Lewis, 95. He went to Holland, came back. When he came back, I came back around the same time from uh, from my course, my training in Curacao. And my brother and Toothpick entered a talent show, won the talent show in the hip hop category. And basically, I became, started doing uh, management for them, yeah. um, regulating the booking. Um, start to schedule a little recording sessions there and there. There were no director hard drive studios back then, so it was very difficult to uh, to actually we recorded on cassette cassette tapes and stuff by a DJ's house. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's um that's what we did uh, back then, and yeah, from there uh, we myself and Toothpick were like, hey, they got there's a Good bit of guys out there right now that that are rapping and doing whatever. Um, why don't we start an organization? So I think it was uh, December '97 or early '99 or '98. We actually started the foundation called Hip Hop Foundation, which uh, we managed to have close to 30 30 MCs um, sign up. To be members of that organization we did that for a year uh and then egos started to take over and uh, i decided to get out and start my own organization which is operational until this day dbh entertainment uh we came up with uh, the first mixtape on st martin uh, first uh, our group was also the first to record straight to hard drive. That was uh, uh, it's called Deep. Mm-hmm. You mean other guy? They did uh, the straight, the first recording straight to hard drive. Um, yeah, and we and we put out the first full length hip hop album. Some might dispute it, but the other album that was full length was a mix of R and B and hip hop. So it wasn't like a full hip hop album. Yeah. So we um. With Paradise in uh, 98, 99, we um we actually dropped the first hip hop album on Simon full length. So yeah, we've been involved ever since uh, doing event planning, to managing artists, managing DJs, uh, traveling with DJs and artists. Yeah, just staying staying in touch with the with the industry, entertainment industry on a whole. Um, doing bookings. I also um, have done bookings for be the booking agent then for festivals like the in Regatta and St. Martin, uh, where I booked artists for them two years in a row. Uh, so, I've, yeah, I've been busy. Okay, been okay, busy. okay. So, you, you, be, be, besides my day job, yeah, besides, besides your day job, you're also heavy into the, into the management. And if you take, 
the lessons from the entertainment industry can you apply them to the aeronautics agents it's in in your day job you could take you could take a hip-hop principle to any job in the world because um the simple fact that for instance for me it was very important to teach guys how to read contracts and to ensure that they work with contracts so they don't get screwed over uh which is which has happened uh a lot yeah in the industry in that particular industry but not just that industry industry um people made deals they design contracts and end up for instance losing a patent or losing an idea or concept to a company and then never never got to recoup their money yeah uh, for, for the idea that was stolen so contracts are very important uh there's a, a so the approach uh for instance when you when you have to perform the approach you take um to rehearse and to do and you know just a preparation in and being ready to hit a stage and, um because that's a that's a stuff that the fans don't see yeah they don't see they don't see the rehearsal they don't see uh you know the fact that that the artist needs to study his catalog of music um study the itinerary of, of uh, the lineup of his show to make sure that he doesn't forget the lyrics or doesn't forget the, the, the sequence of the concert and sports so a lot of study and actually goes in a lot of preparation goes into our performance which is in essence the same as you perform going in and giving a presentation to to the board of directors of the company for instance yeah, yeah. um uh making sure you're prepared you know so that's that's um another aspect um another thing that hip-hop has done for me personally it has allowed me not to be afraid to speak in public because because of being present on stages um yeah. for for many years and many times um public speaking doesn't phase me really. a lot of people have issues with public speaking yeah but in this case for me it's like hey you've done this you stood in front of three four thousand people who the hell cares yeah yeah <laughs> Been, been there, done that. Too much people, and now it's ten. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's actually more difficult for me to speak in front of smaller groups. Yeah, like for, versus really big groups. I big groups, I I could care less. Smaller groups because it's a more intimate setting. You know, it's uh, it's a little more difficult, but still, I I don't have an issue, especially now with seven years of uh, of teaching under the belt. Yeah, it uh, is becoming easier as well. So yeah, man. I mean, like, like I said, you can apply principles uh, of hip hop, the, the, the whole grind mentality uh, of hip hop. Uh, always having to fight your way to the top, or making sure you reach to the top by by all means necessary. Um, that's that's also a hip hop mentality. Yeah. You know? So if you're if you're ambitious and you apply a couple of the things I just mentioned, and you should be able to at least advance in um in what it is you want to advance in, you know, preparation and supports and making sure that you know you have the hunger. Yeah. Because yeah. without hunger, without the hunger, we probably haven't seen all of the best artists ever because they weren't hungry enough. Yeah. You know, so same way you haven't seen, for instance, Apple. 
Steve Jobs part two because the person that could have been Steve Jobs the second wasn't hungry enough, <laughs> you know. So you know these are, these are all guys that when you look at them, they they work extremely hard and they were very passionate about what they were doing. And I find as an MC, if you're not passionate about your music and also not willing to invest in yourself, yeah, uh, then music ain't for you. And maybe the business will ain't for you either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you take um the lessons from air traffic controlling and flip it yeah. to the other side which lesson would you say okay that i learned in business as an air traffic controller helped me out Ooh. in the entertainment sector right hmm. and a lot um i don't know we, we, as a controller you learn to think you learn the thing very quick as we, we are actually problem solvers. We solve problems the whole day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, these these two planes going, coming like this, which one you want to descend, which one you want to climb, which one you want to turn, whatever. And these are decisions that we make all, all day while sitting on a position. So you learn to make like quick split second decisions. Uh, I think that has helped me in, uh, in meetings with clients or potential sponsors of events yeah. um, to kind of take what they say, kind of take what they say and, and, and think quickly enough to flip it in a sense where you know what they want to hear and you know what you, you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And um, by, by applying that, you, you get the results that you're kind of looking for. So okay. there's, there's the quick quittedness, the, the, they're just being able to solve problems that has um, translated into a lot of my personal life. Um, and although I pride myself of being able to separate the two, mm -hmm. my, my, my work, my work and my personal life, I always tell people when, when I reach the front doors of, of my facility, my personal life stops, my professional life begins. Yeah. And vice versa. I, I do my best not to take, uh, I've done my best my career, not to take my work home with me, and also not to not to take my personal issues to the job. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I I I think I've done a pretty good job doing that and separating the two. Um, to the I I've separated. I think I've separated it so well because up to yesterday, um, someone asked me. I was walking with my airport polo on my uniform polo and they asked me like when you when when did you start working at the airport yeah because they know me from the entertainment world they know me from they know me from you know hosting parties and, and whatever yeah um and my work my work for carnival with the troops and stuff like that they, they know me for that so so they figured that i was doing that full time yeah you know, and uh, when they're like, huh, 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I did a pretty good job separating uh, my professional and personal life. And in this case, my personal life was partially my, my people say, like, when you say hobby, they, they look at me like, nah, dude, that wasn't no hobby. <laughs> cause, yeah. 
because y'all was going hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all was going y'all was going hard. Like big big parties, uh week long events and all kind of stuff. So it's like, no, nah, that can't be a hobby. That has to be like something more than a hobby. And yes, it was also a passion. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've I've been I've been kinda lucky in uh, in my life to have two passions that actually worked out for me. Um pretty decent. And uh yeah, entertainment has put me on several planes um, throughout the region and also I mean, been to Europe because of entertainment uh, several times, you know. So yeah, I I, uh, I really appreciate the fact that I was able to see this. Say, Martin, that's a difference. They are cold. Here I got mosquitoes. I'm there, I'm there, like trying to trying to stay focused and and, and swatting up mosquitoes. <laughs> you trying to do a Mister Miyagi? Yeah, yeah but uh, chopstick, pow, hold that. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, that's 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 basically uh, how it is, man. And if you and if it's you look, how, it, how it's been. And if you look in the let's say in the in the two sectors, do you see a lot of overlap? In mindset, or do you see different mindsets for different moments or different industries? <laughs> I, I'll tell you this: you can you can compare controllers and MCs because while they might not say it, everyone is trying to kind of be the alpha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every, every everybody is trying to to be that uh, that that controller that everyone else looks up to. You know, uh, so the same in a cipher, everybody's trying to shine. Everybody's trying to like, grab that number one spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so like it, it, it's pretty competitive actually. And I know, I know you probably like a lot of people, movies are a little old now, but pushing thin. Um, it's one of the factors that actually kind of hit on the head, like the nail on the head where there is competition amongst controllers where, as like, hey, I better than you or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, everybody was look, is looking for those like bragging rights, just like MCs. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's something that uh, is very interesting. Like the, the, that question is that you ask is like very interesting. It, it kind of like dawned on me while you're saying it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's, what, that's, act, that's actually like how it's been my career, you know? So you have the OGs, the OGs like on their way out, and, they, and you got a young buck stepping up like, yeah, yeah I next, yeah, I'm next, I am next, I'm next, know? I'm better, yeah, I'm going, I'm yeah, going to be better than you. I'm going to show you how to do yeah. it. Like, look, look, here these sixteen now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this sixteen now. <laughs> huh? You think you got bars? Look bars now. <laughs> look bars now. You think you had bars? Look. <laughs> You think you had know to separate a plane? Look how you separate a plane now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look, if you look at, um, I had a talk a while back with an MC who's also an accountant. And the link that he put in being an MC and being an accountant is the math behind of it. So the math of four bars to sixteen or the half. Yeah. <laughs> if you would look at air traffic controlling 
comparing it to bars, would you see similarities? Um, bars, not per se. Bars, not per se, but sentence structure. Okay. I would say. The, 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 the sentence structure or the, the cadence. Because it learns the same thing. As a controller, you learn the same thing. You learn what what is a what is a good separation versus what is not what is not considered to be separated and stuff like that. But like the, the methodology mm-hmm. of of separating a plane, it it differs from controller to controller. So I might have a, a specific way of um, solving a puzzle. Mm-hmm. But somebody else, somebody else has a different way of solving the same puzzle, and it's not necessarily that they're doing it wrong or I'm doing it right. But I just have a different delivery of yeah. my of my style of control. So that's all you could compare it to. Like instead of a, just like straight rhyming, just to, to the end, everything is the rhyming word to the end of the sentence. Yeah, yeah. You have like people switching it up in between, and you know. <laughs> Just switching it up and we having a different method of of, of, of running patterns, so to speak. Yeah, and if you yeah. if you look at your your time in the entertainment industry, what is what 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 is or was the biggest challenge you had over the years? Challenge. Uh, one of the biggest challenges was trying to get 30 individuals to be on the same page. That was with the, with the Hip Hop Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was definitely a challenge. Um, whew, challenges. For me, like, <sighs> challenge, challenge. A challenge for me means that something was supposed to be like, go to a degree of, you have to like go above and beyond to to solve to that solve. situation or yeah. To, yeah, that's that's like to me like that's that was a challenge, like a challenge. Um because working with I mean including yourself, working with y'all and Bandit and Ruction and Solano and whatever. That wasn't like a challenge to me because that was like we, we became like family. Yeah. You know, and, and it was very easy to 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 work with y'all and down that level. Now, versus working with some of the other artists we had on the roster with the, with the foundation, it was like, boy, it was like, like they say, pull, like pull it, you know. Um, so that was like a challenge, like back then, to get everyone to work on the same page. Uh, challenges, I would say, like basically trying to make sure you meet all your deadlines, um, especially when it comes down to organizing events. Yeah. Um, making sure everything is 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 in place. Uh, and sometimes, because of finances, it becomes challenging, and you have to kind of become a magician, yeah, yeah. and and see see where you could pull and who you could influence to kind of like still contribute some kind of how to make your event a success. And um, yeah, that that would be one of the most challenging, more challenging um, points during during uh, during my time in entertainment. Also trying to establish, like trying to build your international network, yeah, um, can be can be challenging, especially if you 
like now it's it's a lot easier now like if you if you get somebody or somebody's attention on on social media for instance instagram or whatever yeah um you you already got like a foot in the door with that one person who who already might have an established network available for you if yeah. you if you work with it so everything has changed um, true technology. I mean, there's people that were never, ever in their life supposed to be DJs now DJing yeah. because of technology. Um, there's there's singers that was never gonna sell a hit <laughs> without out of tune. <laughs> you understand what I mean? So like technology really helped. It helped a lot of people. Like people that um, maybe now are big producers without fully loops or. Something, some similar programs that I have to start with, and being able to do a lot of stuff on a laptop that that has helped a yeah. lot of people, especially in the entertainment industry. That has um, kind of propelled, and at the same time, it made it saturated the the hip hop genre too. Yeah, not yeah. not just hip hop, like all all music right now is saturated. It's saturated, and it's and it's really it really it's really tough to sift through. All the stuff that's available out there, and find something that you, you personally would deal with. You know, like you personally would listen to or, or stuff like that. So, uh, I'm happy hip hop is making an actual comeback. Yeah, like real hip hop bar, bars and, <laughs> and and storytelling and stuff like that is coming back. So, um, Q-Tip said it back in the day. He said things move in cycles. Yeah, way that Bobby. Way that Bobby Brown is just camping like Michael, you know. So it's like there's a repeat. Hip hop started as party, 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 happy, happy, happy. People dressing up, people looking at artists nowadays. Like, boy, boy they man, just funny, and they got on tight pants, and they got on this, and they wearing that. But if you look at the origin of hip hop, um, there's a very good series on Netflix actually on that. You want to really learn about the history of hip hop. Netflix has, has an awesome documentary about hip hop, and you will see these guys started off wearing costumes, yeah, costumes and 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 and, and, and these um these big plateau shoes and all kind of stuff like that when they performed. It, it was that was hip back in those days, you know. And then then just you segue into the the early eighties where you start getting the Run DMCs and, and those type of groups, and they started. You know, rocking the Adidas jackets and, yeah. and the candle hats and you know these type of things. And then, you know, so all of the dressing, the way they're dressing, the, the things they were rapping about, all of that like, started changing um, into we get the gangster rap, we get a very just movement of hip hop music. Um, that was that was short lived because I think the industry, people behind the industry. Kind of didn't want that whole conscious way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They didn't want people. They didn't really want people to wise up. So I think that's how. That's how we get. We we, we got to the point where we start. I mean, you used to call it ignorant, ignorant rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ignorant rap. But everybody loved themselves some ignorant rap. They could say what they want. You know, it's, it's <laughs> about the vibe. They just want some. Yeah, some. they just want to bounce bounce something that don't make no goddamn sense. You know. <laughs> It's not always about intellect, you know. Life, life is about balance. Life is about balance, and same goes for music. Same goes for anything in life. Life is about balance, and too much of anything is 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 never good. So you gotta take the good with the bad, and the, 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 
mumble rap with the with the with the lyrics. With the lyrics, yeah. The yeah, the trap the tra- against the boom bap. You know, you gotta take take each um each one of them and just yeah balance it and make it work for you. So you you gotta go with the yin and the yang. Then if I if yeah I, always if, if I go back to your challenge, for example, thirty. Thirty individuals. I almost say egos there. Let me not say. Yep. Let me let me not say too much egos, you know, because some sometimes people feelings just get hurt. But it is it is yeah. It is it is what it is. But if you look at that situation and compare those thirty individuals to, for example, thirty planes coming in. Which I actually one, would which, for, which one would be which one would would have your preference? I can tell you this: I would compare the thirty MCs to thirty controllers. Okay. <laughs> legit, legit, because it's again you work in shifts, you work in shifts, and you have to. That's it. I come in, I work, I try to be as professional as possible, leave whatever problems at the door. And so it's professionals that you're going to work with on the workflow. Sometimes it's nine, nine persons in a shift. Um, but our department, for instance, has exactly 30 people yeah, yeah. right now working in it, right? Coincidence, no coincidence. Co- yeah, coincidentally, you know, but um, all the different personalities, uh, like I mentioned, like they, everyone has their own ways. Everyone has... Um, things that they do, different mannerisms and, and stuff like that. So that 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 also, I mean, over the years, it's like I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to like living with people. Like you get so used to their habits, and you get used to you know exactly like you could predict their next move and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's, I mean, but it's 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 in essence, you have to figure out everyone's personality. Um, Note, recognize the fact that not everyone works the same. Not everyone has the same speed in certain things. Not everyone is as tech savvy as the other. You know, so you gotta like really know who you could lean on for what, and 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 figure out their strength, like the strengths and the weaknesses of of those around you. You know, and uh, the same the same I did with a uh, with a hip hop foundation. So actually, the, the people that followed me too. DVH at the table but was the ones I had I had the most confidence in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you and if you look at, at, at let's say the, the growth of DVH entertainment, I mean it started as a you say a local entertainment agency which now actually yep. operates internationally. Mm-hmm. which yeah. which which lessons you take out of all of that growth? Um, what I pride myself on a lot is being able to recognize talent at an early stage of someone's um, career, whether they already started or whether they are about to start. I pride myself on, on kind of recognizing the talent that people have. Um, and it leads me to like stories of me managing, for instance, DJ Ocas, it leads to stories of, of me being the first promoter to bring 
um, both DJ Prime and Waxfield to St. Martin. Um, them actually linking on St. Martin and having talks on St. Martin and building a relationship because of both of them coming to my events and, 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 and in in a, in a way I had I, um, was instrumental in putting those two guys together and we see what the end result is of that that is Encore Amsterdam yeah um, so I've worked and, and I've worked since it started the, the festival and all that stuff too I've worked with them uh, try to bring DJs from the Virgin Islands to to the Netherlands uh, every summer you know and uh, yeah, I mean that, and that's all part of the network. But that was the result of me recognizing um, the talent in DJ Prime from 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 early, and the talent in Waxfield from early, and the talent in Outcast from early. Um, for me to kind of put my all behind them and kind of um, yeah, gamble. I don't call it a gamble because I I, I knew, for instance, that Outcast would would do well. Yeah, um, that he would be able to make, to make a career out of his um his skill, um because of the level of the skill level and the discipline that he had at the time, you know, and uh, a lot of talent and, and stuff that he learned from from those that taught him the DJ game, you know. So I had to recognize, yeah, recognize those things, and um, yeah, picked up a couple of DJs, a couple of artists over the years on that same um. That same premise, and I must say, almost everyone that I've worked with uh, so far that I kind of semi discovered um, has done well in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty happy that uh, I was I was kind of blessed with that. Yeah, that skill to 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 recognize, you know. And um, to date, I have I have people approaching me like they want me to listen to the music and stuff like that. It's just um, nowadays I'm I'm a bit too busy and caught up with the, the actual work, my yeah. actual day job. Um, so I don't get I don't get the time that I would like to have to to dedicate to the industry. Um, but I mean, it's still I mean we're still here. We're still doing uh, doing stuff. Still putting events together and. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll I'll stop right now. I, I'm fully agree yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you <laughs> over the years, you've met a lot of artists, a lot of international Ooh. well yeah. well established artists. Yep. If yeah, do you see I'll a common a of them. <laughs> do you see a common thread in their way of doing or their mindset that either led to their success or was kind of integral to you can it. you can tell you can tell by having a conversation not just by meeting them and shaking their hands but by having a conversation with with, with successful artists um you can tell the type of work ethic that goes into their craft um, the type of uh, preparation that like I mentioned earlier, preparation is very important. So, like, like Akon, uh, Akon, these guys. I mean, his DJ is from St. Thomas, um, and his DJ via via um, his DJ. I actually got to meet him because we had a mutual friend when they performed in St. Martin, and, and I ended up uh, hanging with them 
in uh, one of the one of the clubs at the time, chilling with them in the VIP and, and having a discussion with them. And yeah, I mean, um, a lot of guys are are still like very down to earth mm-hmm. uh, and approachable, approachable as long as you get into that circle. Um, you can you can really have a good conversation with them and, and have a discussion about like entertainment or life in general. And a lot of these guys, without the, the work ethic, uh, the preparation, again, the hunger, the hunger. Without hunger, you don't get anywhere. If you don't keep that fire in, like if, if everybody keeps talking about this fire in your belly and, and that's something that, that you don't, you cannot teach. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. something you cannot teach and you either have it or you don't and that's where you could see like the one hit wonders and, 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 and artists that was around for a little while and then now they're no longer around and it's not probably not because they're bad artists or they couldn't put out another hit is the hunger and the preparation and the dedication and those things were just not here in my view yeah in my view you know so you're not you're not yeah you you have people that have one hit, one hit wonders that perform for the rest of their life around the world, and make a living off of that one, that one hit. Yeah, you know, which nothing wrong. I ain't knocking. I am not knocking that hustle, you know. Um, but those guys that really had like um, long careers, longevity in the game is because it kept the hunger. They kept the hunger and they kept wanting to 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 kind of raise the bar on their own their own product. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's an whether it's an MC, whether it's a singer, or whatever, is like you're constantly trying to raise the bar or reinvent um, your sound. Because if you, if you check through, like there's a lot of artists that start with one sound, and as they continue throughout their career, the sound evolves, and that is um that is also just a sign of, of of yeah, just being able to adjust and, and move along with the times and not be stuck in a time. So somewhere in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. You know, even though, even though nothing wrong with the 90s when it comes to the I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can get stuck in nostalgia and then, you know, I, yeah. I, have, I, have, I, have, I have a particular love for that era, so. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Good stuff. And if, Good stuff, and if you would, if you would take the, the lessons learned from the hip-hop culture or listening to hip-hop what are the top three mindset lessons you would say like yeah these these are core Hmm. since i i put a lot of emphasis on preparations i think be prepared Mm-hmm. It's one for sure. Be prepared. Um, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And when, when I say invest in yourself, it doesn't just mean money. It means spending the, the necessary time, um, honing your craft, uh, developing your writing skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's invest in yourself. So preparation, be prepared, invest in yourself. And I would say it might sound a little um, cliche, but be fearless. 
be yeah. fearless. Fearless and in the sense where go for it. Go for it. Because without without going without going for it, without putting all in, a lot of times you'll come up short because you're not in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, but you gotta you gotta go all in. Like I I I, I know I mean one of the big big success stories um within our direct region is Rock City. Rock City did not stay in St. Thomas and, and try to make their way out of St. Thomas to to um, splash on the international music scene. They went, they actually picked their ass up and they went to Atlanta. They moved mm-hmm. to the U.S. where in, in one of the, that's the hotbed for R&B music right now. Um, Atlanta, that's where they went. And um, although they were signed to Akon, they didn't, like everything didn't move in the in the path that others um, chose for them. But at, at the end of the day, you still end up with a, with a number one hit. Um, writing for multiple, multiple um, international artists, yeah. multi-platinum artists and stuff like that. So so there's different ways of, of, of making it in the, in the entertainment industry. And those guys are mainstream. They are loved. And in our region, they are, they are loved. Their music is is love, and they do now. It's so kind of do the different things. Um, I know I know Timo Timo likes he lo- he loves his hip hop. Yeah, like that's his favorite, definitely favorite. And he's he's like the the, the basket of the two brothers, you know. But um, yeah, they they they've proven that hey, you can get it, but you have to go and look for it. Yeah, you know, if 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 Benny D if Benny D didn't move to the U.S., he wouldn't be Akon's DJ today. Yeah, you know, almost, almost for how long? Close to what? Twenty years later. <laughs> yeah, twenty yeah. years, like close to twenty, close to twenty years working with it with Akon, you know, like career. And um, and talking about like reinventing or whatever. Akon just dropped like two albums not too long ago, two brand new albums. So yeah. it's like, hey, I I can I can give you my entire music catalog in a show, but look, some new material here for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so it's always about like artists that are hungry, artists that want to make an impact, are always trying to do that next big thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, so so when I say be fearless, it, it it means go out there and get it. And if you need to leave Samantha, leave Holland, leave wherever you are in the world, and um, for you to achieve your goal, or at least to say you you gave it your best. Because not everyone can be a big artist. Not everyone can, you know, everyone can be a songwriter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone can be a songwriter. Yeah. And 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 it's it's a proven fact. There's a lot of songwriters out there eating real good. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's producers eating good. There's there's a lot of different people that, that do different jobs within the entertainment industry eating well. It's just you need to find what your strengths are and, and yeah, just go for it. So, go for it so the main the main thing is actually in life learn to be adaptable yep that's for sure yeah. adapt to different situations be and yeah be willing to do be willing to do that that to take that extra step that, that others might be afraid of oh i don't want to take the risk without risk there is no there is no success yeah and if, if you look for yourself I mean, you, you, you find a sweet spot in juggling 
your personal career and let's see, your, your professional career. Which tips to keep balance would you give to others? Um, the balance, my, my personal um, balance was in making sure that I leave, I leave my personal life outside of my workplace and vice versa. There's a lot of people out there taking their work home and it, and it causes a stressful situation because if you had a bad day at work, um, you come home grumpy, end up having arguments with, with, with the person you're living with or um, whoever is in the house at the time. At, might time, get at the moment, yeah. <laughs> you know, be, yeah, yeah because, because you're bringing that stress home, you know, and uh, that is something that, uh, like I said, for me, that, that has allowed me to keep balance and keep everything into perspective for me, uh, being able to separate um, also my family life from the entertainment life. Mm -hmm. Because when I split work, I split work and <laughs> work and personal, but my personal is then split into entertainment and, and, and my, my family. Um, and especially around the time when we just started, all of my kids were young. Um, so they, you know, they required a little more attention than when they get older. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's one of the things I think that, that allowed me to, to deal with that is, is to separate, separate and give each, each thing its, its due attention. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, so it could be a lot of people listening. They'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds logical, but I just can't mm. pull it off. So how how do you pull it off? It's, it's, it's very, it's, it has a, a lot to do with, with being mentally strong. Being mentally strong and, and, and because you, you have to have a certain, I wouldn't even say a personality, you have to have a certain, Outlook like you said, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, that's how I'm going to do it, and that's it. So it's like you. What one thing people have to know too, and I, I mentioned the word stress a little while ago. Stress is always self-imposed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's nothing or no one that can put stress on you. So if you take it on, it becomes stress. If you deal with it in a certain manner I get or even said it was task a task at hand that has you stressed but you give yourself stress or anxiety because you trying to finish it or you can't finish it on time or whatever then yeah. you're giving yourself stress um so that is something I, I really I try to I try not to not to stress yeah. over things that I don't number one things I don't control and work work and always be completed tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, we have deadlines, but if you have a deadline and your the time frame given to you was sufficient, then maybe you should start looking at the way you, you, you prepared yourself for it. Yeah. Not start looking at your work habits, your 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 techniques and your you you, you approach um having to do a task. Because if you had enough time, sufficient time was given to you to do a task and you, and you close away the last minute to do it, then it's on you. That's your work ethic is what gave you stress. Yeah, yeah. So like I say, you, you, you give yourself that stress. So, um, yeah, 
that's that's basically <laughs> is a mental like I said is, is is you have to know as a person what your work method is, what you're comfortable with, because you don't want to work outside your comfort zone um, for too long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Extended period outside your comfort zone is also going to give you like or make you go crazy on the damn job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so you know, try not to uh, take on too much of the other people's schedule. <laughs> all right all right yeah, and if you if you look at um everything you've accomplished up until now and then i'm going to look at the the entertainment field was that part of the vision in the beginning or did you adjust and and let's say through the line further every time um, I adjusted, I adjusted, uh, kind of by, by force. Okay. Um, I, I, I had to adjust by force because in, in, in one, in one year time, all my MCs left to go to college. Yeah. So I had to kind of diversify. And that is actually what made me go into uh, managing DJs and stuff like that. So, you know, one thing, one thing kind of ending at that particular point in time opened the door for the next step in um, in the management, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was managing DJ, managing DJs and and starting to do bookings and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, I mean, and it, and it led actually. Um, us rec- doing all the recordings and, and, and coming out with an album and all that stuff led to me actually um, hosting, doing radio for like five years. Yeah. So that's another thing, you know, like everything was because of <laughs> because of us starting the Hip Hop Foundation. I ended up um, with the Major Entertainment because of the Major Entertainment and the, and the albums that we put out. I ended up on radio. I ended up managing uh, DJs. I ended up um, because of the radio. I actually started doing the events. Yeah, yeah. Because we used to, we we started off with an anniversary events for the radio program, um, and that turned into uh, a bigger event of traveling and bringing bringing Prime to Martin and bringing Wax Queen and going to Holland and um, seeing the party concepts over there and bringing back one of the concepts and running there for like almost 10 years. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, everything was just tied into each other, um, as I, as I went along. So I have been, I have been evolving, um, ever since we started the movement back in 97. And, uh, right now I'm very interested in what, <laughs> What else is there for me to evolve into? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, I, all I hope is that it's that it's fun, <laughs> <laughs> that it's fun, and uh, thing like. And again, my the radio program also led to us um, actually getting a booth in the Carnival Village, mm-hmm. which 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 that turned into a no name booth into one of the biggest brands in Canada. Yeah, nothing yeah. but alcohol. So like every every single thing, um, when you look, it could it could tie right back to um, the Hip Hop Foundation and DBH, starting DBH Entertainment in '98, 
uh, everything ties back into each other from um yeah from everything that i've done in in entertainment so yeah it's it's a continuous continuously Continu changing game is 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 only only i can decide if i'm if i'm i'm done with with it or not yeah you know and as long as as long as there's opportunities for me to continue um and do different things and uh, maybe start doing different events a different type of event uh or focusing more on international booking for for djs or whatever who knows i mean it's possible it's possible i i i don't uh, rule out anything, anything. For sure. yeah i don't rule out anything when it comes to entertainment it's, it's one of my still one of my passions and i um uh, yeah sometimes i said man i wish i could have done it like for real for a living you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i wasn't trying to get rich off of entertainment yeah let me put it that way so so i i i, I made a little change i made i made a little change i was able to travel and do whatever and and, and just be able to have a good time um with the people i appreciated being around and uh yeah that's uh that's about it so i didn't do any big $400,000 budget of $500,000 budget shows. Um, I did work on those type of shows. Yeah. I did work for them. Uh, you know, organize opening programs, do uh, stage management and different stuff like that. So, and again, everything is because of us deciding to start a hip hop foundation back in 97. So, yeah. And then, <laughs> and, and, and then if you look at the professional side of of the professional side of life so in the in the air traffic controlling mm -hmm. do you see it kind of the same way or is it maybe a different path or the drive dif the difference the difference with my professional and my my professional and my personal as in like family or I would say, yeah, family or my personal accomplishments as me, mm -hmm. um, along with my career. The only difference is that I set goals from a from a young adult age. Okay. I set personal I set personal goals. Um, when I actually I was on the course, I was doing my training in um, in Curacao, and that same while I'm doing the training, I set personal goals, personal career goals um, for myself at mm -hmm. work. Uh, for instance, one was to make sure that I was a, a supervisor before the age of 40, uh, which I became a supervisor in, at the age of, I think, 30, 38. Okay. Um, I set personal goals as in uh, wanting to have my own house um, by the age of 30. Um, we, we accomplished that at the age of 31. Like these are goals that I set from when I was um, 19, 20, 21. Okay. You know, and uh, so so that's that would be another advice from a, from a professional standpoint is to always uh, set goals yeah. for you as to where you want, where do you want to be 
in five years, where you want to be in 10 years, when you want to be in 15 years, you know. Um, what do you want to accomplish before you reach like certain milestones in your life, whether it's 35, 40, 45, whatever. Um, for instance, you could ask yourself too, like, when do I want to be financially stable or yeah. financially, uh, financially, uh, call it self-standard, self-sufficient. Yeah, self-sufficient. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, so all of these things are, are things that you could you could set these goals from a young age. And the, the, the important thing with goals is that you write them down. You write them down, make it something that is that is attainable, something that is, that you can accomplish. Don't write down like fairy tale goals. Write down goals that are that are attainable. Write down goals that that you you should be able to reach mm-hmm. once you put your best your work into it and you prepare and you do whatever you gotta do um, to reach it. You know, so that's the difference between the entertainment for me and the personal slash um, career. Um, is that for personal and career, I actually set several goals for myself to, to achieve um, for the duration of my life. For instance, one of my things is I want to retire before I reach 55. So that is, that is timeline is still, still going. Uh, and so far, so far, I am not looking too bad. On track. I'm not looking... I'm not looking too bad, and um, yeah, but those are things. I mean, like, I did it. Um, it really worked for me. Mm-hmm. It might not work for everyone, but it's something that uh, I've been to like different sessions with um, entrepreneurs or, or people that are discussing um, or talking about growth or change or um, different skill levels that are trying to teach you at work or you follow a, a, a course mm-hmm. and they will tell you like yeah you gotta set goals and you gotta i was here and i was like yep thank you for like letting me know that i, I kind of like took a took a good approach and yeah. challenging myself because the goal is the goal is a challenge to you you know you you gotta hold yourself accountable and that challenge is for you um to accomplish this by this or that and only you can either happen or the deadline can go or the goal that you set can, can pass and you never reach it and you might be happy at that point in time in your life too like hey I satisfied with what I have or satisfied with what I'm doing and forget about those goals that I set for myself because I find I found my niche. This is what I like. Yeah, yeah. You could set just you could, you could set a goal to it. Like you say you could evolve, you could like change and say, hey, I ain't into that no more. Like, I like this now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so all, all of that is possible. Like, in my case, it worked out. It worked out pretty good uh, in my case because, yeah, I mean, I chose uh, a career where people don't easily just jump up and, and look for another job. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be a controller and then, like, one day say, hey, I want to sell insurance. Okay? That just doesn't happen. Like, yeah. It would happen. If, it would happen if you don't like the job or you don't like what you're doing. You know, which I mentioned like somewhere way earlier. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, like ATC will get rid of you. You don't need to get rid of ATC. They'll take ATC care will, of it. Will, will, yeah, yeah. yeah they'll, they'll take care of itself. I, I tell my students, ATC will, will chew you up, spit you out if you ain't made for it. Yeah. You know, if you ain't made for it, that's it. Because it is a, a, a job where a lot is expected of you. Uh, 
It's considered one of the highest stress, highest, highest stress level jobs in the world for a reason. Uh, yes, having the fact that you have to do thousands of lives every every time you sit down behind a microphone, yeah. you know, versus an MC that trying to affect thousands of lives when he step behind a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, one trying to, one trying to, one, one, one trying to affect, and one is actually. Yeah, I try not to affect. Yeah, <laughs> trying to keep them safe. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, all right. And if if people want to reach out and contact you, where where are you findable? Um, I'm all over Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I think I think I changed my my Facebook is right now my personal, just my regular personal name. It used to be BBH, but anyways, now it's just Duncan. But anyway, um, we have our Facebook page, official Facebook Facebook page, BBH underscore ENT. Um, Instagram is just DBH. Uh, I'm on Twitter too, but I, I don't ramp with Twitter much. That I, Twitter is like a Holland and US thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, yeah, St. Martin ain't really into Twitter like that. St. Martin is in, Instagram, and uh, younger folks might, might still do Snap or whatever. But it's mainly like Instagram, Facebook still. Uh, so, I mean, I have a Twitter account. I, I go on it from time to time. But I don't see. I don't personally see the purpose of <laughs> having to read something. While if I post it, if I post it on Facebook, it's the same damn thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the Instagram thing. I can, I, I can kind of feel that, but because you're, you're kind of telling a story with the pictures you post and videos you post and whatever, I can kind of get that. Twitter, I don't really like see the purpose of it. Besides staying current with whatever out there available on the market. <laughs> and, and and even for that you can still use Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I use a lot. Use I use um Facebook quite a quite a bit. Um I've started using Instagram a lot more. Um I kinda like uh, you know, it's, you know people the people's attention spans have decreased dramatically. Um as technology improved, people's attention spans have been getting shorter and shorter. And this is something you can probably Google it and check it out to see. It's fact. So Instagram is good, especially for the short, short, um, short attention span um, population that the world has right now. Yeah, yeah. As in, hey, I see a picture. I, I, I get what he's doing. I see a little short video. I yeah. get what you're doing. And you just keep scrolling through and scrolling through. You go on the stories. Oh, this way you're doing that way, you're doing that way, you're doing that way, you're doing. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, so it's it's really good for the for the people that do not have the attention span or who have things to sit down and read a, a, a whole um, paragraph. Yeah. And that's what and that's where I figure like Twitter would make sense for um, the people that that do use it frequently. The 140 characters or less, or whatever, is something quick. You type something quick, you read it, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just ain't my cup of tea. All right, all right. So, people can find you on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, yeah Facebook, Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. And I, that's I, what it is. I, I could imagine it could be there some 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 DJs listening or some, some, some MCs listening. Mm. Someone in the entertainment industry, 
are you still looking for new talent or you're on a pause and chilling with the roster i have i always have my ears my ears open and listening and then if i when i hear some stuff that i really like i you know, I try. I, what I try to use, I try to use my network a little bit. And uh, if it's something that I, I bump into, then I try to get the attention of some other guys, some DJs, that international DJs. Hey, if I listen to this, let me know what you think. Yeah. You know, let me know what you think or whatever. You know. So, um, am I actively looking for persons right now? Not really. Not really. Truth be told. Um, I'm not actively looking. However, if a situation presents itself, like I mentioned earlier, we, we can we can start back over. Okay. Yeah, start back over, make it a cycle too, you know? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, thanks for your time, for being yes, a guest on the, on, 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 on the podcast. It's highly, highly appreciated, yeah, you know? And for all yeah, those people... It's, it's uh, too long, you better edit it. Not editing anything. This podcast doesn't get edited. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. It flows how it flows. So, for all those people listening, tune into the next episode. You know, subscribe and do all like good stuff. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hip Hop Minded Professional. Make sure to subscribe at your favorite streaming platform so that you don't miss the next episode. And make sure to visit hiphopculturecoaching.com for more information on how hip-hop helps your mindset.